Okay, hi, good morning. So, um, because we have uh, the kids in with us in Young Life, we love to play a game. So we're going to start by playing a game this morning. And this game is what we call an all-play. You know what an all-play is? It means that we all play. Yes. All right, so here's what we're going to do. My kids are going to get up. Maddie's going to go over here. McKenna, where are you going? Over here and MB here in the middle. And I'm going to take volunteers, and they'll pick you out. So if there's multiple volunteers, one of my kids will pick you, and you'll come up. And what I'm going to do is this. It's very simple. You don't have to do any backflips or anything. We're going to ask you a question, and it's a would you rather question, okay? Would you rather this or this? And everyone else in the room, you're going to be standing up, and then you're going to vote. Before they answer their question, you'll either go to one side of the room or the other, okay? That's right. You have to actually get up and move. It's going to happen. It's all going to happen. All play. And you vote. Now, if you're right, you stay in the game. If you're wrong, and you may actually purposely want to be wrong, then you get to sit down. Then you're out. But just to let you know, there is a prize for the winner. That's right. We do prizes here. We have some Galaxy Salted, salted Caramel Chocolate. There you go. So if you like salted caramel chocolate, you could win. You could be eating this during my talk if you wanted to. All right. Are we ready? So we need volunteers. <clears throat> my voice is still changing. Uh, we need volunteers. So if you would volunteer over here on this side, Maddie will pick someone out. Raise your hand if you wouldn't mind. Okay, back, Maddie, up to you. You go pick somebody. And then MB, you'll get the next group, and then McKenna. All right. So come on up. I'm going to ask them a question. You're, you're going to have to stand up in about... Six seconds, so get ready. Come on, all the way. You have to, yeah, you're, that's right. No dancing, just answer a question. Here's the first question. Everyone's still sitting. What are you thinking, people? All right, so the first question is this. Would you rather, and I'm asking you the question, don't answer until I tell you, would you rather have a boat be told that you've got a bogey hanging from your nose or told that you've got bad breath? Would you rather be told that you got a bogey hanging from your nose or that you got bad breath? Okay, you got to vote. Bogey over here. Get up. No, this is all play, people. We're moving. Bad breath over here. Bogey, bad breath. There we go. I see those of you still sitting there. I'm looking at you. Here we go. Bogey, bad breath. All right. Maddie, you're not voting. All right. So, what's your name? Estrella. Estrella? Okay, what would you rather be told? You got a bogey or bad breath? Bad breath. Bad breath! You're all out! Sit down. All right, thank you, Estrella. You can sit down. You missed the chocolate, people. You've missed the chocolate. All right. Well done. This is good. We're already down to like 20. Oh, you took my water. That's fine. Can you go get my water over there, MB? All right. It's all good. Okay, you're still in. Now, uh, we need a next volunteer. MB, get us a volunteer. Raise your hand if you'll be willing to answer a question. MB, go get that guy right there. Yeah. You didn't have to go very far, did you? All right. Fun question. Here we go. Yeah, they're fun questions. Okay, ready? <clears throat> would you rather step in dog poop barefooted, I know, right, or have bird droppings hit you on the head? Don't answer. 
Dog poop, would you rather step in dog poop with no barefooted or have bird droppings hit you on the head? Vote with your feet. Dog, bird. Dog, bird. Dog poop or bird poop? It's all poop. Okay, come on up. What's your, tell everybody your name. What's your name? Stuart. Stuart. All right, Stuart, what's your answer? Would you rather step in dog poop barefoot or bird droppings? Dog poop. Dog poop! You can all sit down. All right. How many people do we have left in the game? We're already down to like four people. All right. McKenna, get us somebody over here. We need a volunteer from over here. What? Oh, there's five left. Okay, five left. There's a volunteer way in the back. Come on up. Go get them. Come on up. <clears throat> All right. Come on up, young man. Oh, you can go next. He's next. Is that okay? Don't, you look nervous. Don't be nervous. It's okay. Okay, come on up. What's your name? Sam. 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 All right, Sam, would you rather have one thick, bushy eyebrow, what we call a unibrow, or really long nose hairs? All right, you got to vote. Thick, bushy eyebrow, just a unibrow, or really long nose hairs over here? What would you rather have? Thick? Yeah, we know that about you already, Philip. All right, this is, a, this is a unibrow. You want a unibrow? This is nice, bushy nose hairs. Yeah? Okay, Sam, what would you rather have? I reckon the unibrow. Unibrow! Phillip's out. You're out. Chocolate is not yours. How many do we have left? How many people left? Four? Okay, you leave now, Sam. Thank you, Sam. Well done. Okay, is this the next person? Come on up. Don't be no. What's your name? Henry. Henry. All right. Henry, would you um, rather, okay, here's a good one. Would you rather give up your favorite food forever, never eat your favorite food again, or you give up TV and movies for two years? Favorite food forever, TV and movie for two years. You got to vote. Favorite food forever, TV and movie. All right, Henry, we could have a winner depending on what you say right here. What would you rather give up, favorite food forever or TV and movies for two years? TV and movies for two years. TV and movies is our winner! <laughs> Thanks, Henry. And here you go. You are the winner of the crazy questions. <laughs> MB, you can sit down. That was an all-play. Well done, everybody. Well, today our talk really is about an all-play. So let me review real quick. The past couple weeks, Ant's been talking about the book of Colossians, right? Does anybody know this? And, and they planted a church. And here's what I love as I was studying this, and Ant may have said it, and I just missed it. But the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to this church, and he didn't plant this church. Did you guys know that? Did you hear this? He didn't plant it. I love it. Here's what happened. This guy, Epaphus, came to Ephesus. 
That's hard to do, right? Epaphus came to Ephesus. How many times did he have to explain his name when he got there, right? No, no, I'm not Ephesus. I'm Anyway, he goes there, and he's not a Christian, and he hears Paul speaking, and he decides to follow Christ while he's in Ephesus. And then Paul takes the next two to three years to disciple him and train him and pour his life into him. And then he takes what he's learned from Paul, and he goes back to his hometown, and he plants this church. Isn't that powerful? That's what we're talking about today, by the way. We're talking about that, that he goes back and he plants this church. But then some people come in, and they want to downgrade Jesus. Have you ever been about somebody who wants to downgrade Jesus from the ruler and the king of everything down to, oh, yeah, but, you know, he's just a nice guy. Jesus is my homeboy, right? Jesus was a, was a teacher, and, and he was a prophet. And, and, and by the way, this is what the rest of the world religions do. They downgrade Jesus from being the king of kings and the Lord of lords down to something a little bit lower. And here's why they do it. C.S. Lewis said this. I love it. He said, if Christianity is not true, it's of no importance. If it is true, it's of inf- infinite importance. Here's what it can't be, he says. It can't be of middle importance. It's either infinitely important or zero. And when we downgrade Jesus, we make it zero importance, right? That's what the apostle Paul knew. So he knew that this was going on with this church that one of his disciples planted. So he needed to write a letter to say, no, no, no. Jesus is of infinite importance. So he does this amazing hymn, right, that that we talked about the past two weeks. And this hymn says this, this poem that we don't know if Paul wrote it or someone else wrote it, but he quotes it, and he talks about it, and this is what he says, that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. That when you look at Jesus, you see God, the Father. Then he said this, that everything in creation was created by Jesus and for Jesus. Everything that you can see in all of creation was created by Jesus and for Jesus, for him to use to rule over. And then it says that he's the head of the church, the body. He's the ruler. He's the king over everything. He is making Jesus as high and as important as you can possibly be. That's what this hymn is about. And then he says, amazingly, and Jesus has made a way for every person, all play, for every person on the planet Earth to know God. He has reconciled us so that we can be part of God's family once again. That's what Jesus has done. That is what Ant has been talking to us about. And then we get to what we're going to talk to about today. Just a few verses down, the Apostle Paul writes two verses. We're just talking about these two verses. Chapter 1 of Colossians, verse 28 and 29. This is, by the way, Paul's mission statement. This is what his life is all about. He has encapsulated everything his life is about in 34 words. Now, can you imagine doing that, by the way? That might could be our our application from today. Go home and write your life's mission statement in 34 words. Or or just do 140. Do it in a tweet. Could you tweet your life's mission statement? That's what Paul did. This This may be the first tweet. 
You know, he's like, here it is. Here's what my life's about. I'm actually going to have my daughter Madison come up and read this to us. Come here, Maddie. Boom. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Thanks, Matt. Powerful verses. We're going to walk through these together for just a few minutes, okay? His mission statement. It starts with this, and I love that it starts with this. Him we proclaim. Even the order that Paul uses is powerful. He doesn't say we proclaim him. He says him, just to let you know that he's first, that he's preeminent. Him we proclaim. Now, the picture of proclaiming is one that gets out and says, Hey, if you didn't know, Jesus is Lord. When you proclaim something, it's, it's you want the world to know what you believe, how you feel, right? You proclaim it. You're not ashamed of this at all. You're not hiding this away. You're not disguising it. You are proclaiming it, right? This week, um, I went to, Maddie and I went to see the movie Black Panther. Anybody seen Black Panther yet? If you haven't seen it, it is awesome. Awesome movie. And there's a girl named Letitia Wright. You may not have heard of her before, but Letitia plays the Black Panther's little sister in this movie. She's 26 years old. She's from Africa, from, from Ghana, or Guyana in Africa, and she... Uh, was being interviewed this past week on ITV about Black Panther. You can, you can watch this interview online. And you know what she did? The guy asked her about her life and how she's gone through some struggles. And you know what Letitia did? She goes, let me tell you about my life. And then she shares how she became a Christian on ITV for the whole world to hear. She is proclaiming Christ. So I went to her Twitter site and if you go and follow Letitia on Twitter, about every other tweet is praise the Lord, bless the Lord, quoting scripture, talking about how Jesus has changed her life. Now, this is somebody who could have easily said, you know what, I'm on ITV. I could get some pushback on this. I got thousands of Twitter followers. I'm kind of famous now. I don't know if I should do this. No, no. She was not going to hide her light. Letitia wants the world to know that Jesus has changed her life. That's what it looks like to proclaim him, right? That's what it looks like. Him we proclaim. And then he says this. He says, warning everyone. Matter of fact, he uses the word everyone three times in the next sentence to remind us this is an all play. We're all in on this. He says, this is what we do. We warn or correct or admonish everyone we teach everyone in all wisdom, is what the Apostle Paul says. This is what that looks like. It's fun to teach, right? It's fun when you get somebody alongside you who doesn't know as much as you. They don't know. Maybe they don't even know how to read the Bible. They don't know how to pray, and you teach them. And there's a joy in that. I've been working with teenagers for 27 years as my full-time ministry. And there's a joy in taking a young person and saying, let me teach you the Scripture. Let me teach you how to pray, how to forgive, how to give, how to be generous. 
It's a joy. And that's what we do. And that's what the Apostle Paul did with Epaphus, who planted this church. He taught him. But along the way, not only do we have to teach, but sometimes we have to admonish. We have to correct. Sometimes somebody comes in and they say, I think, the, I think it says this in the Bible. And you're like, no, that is not what it says. Let me help you understand exactly what it says. I get this picture of correcting. Like sometimes, you know, my kids who are a joy, they're at home and they're playing. And you're like, man, I have the best kids. And they're in the back room and they're playing. And then all of a sudden it's like, ah, you know, there's blood. There's scratching. There's things happening. And you're like, oh, my word. And sometimes I have to go in there as the dad and say, hey, this is not how we do things around here. Right? I have to do some correcting, some fixing. I have to teach them how to forgive. You know, forgiveness doesn't come naturally. You have to learn, oh, forgiveness isn't just, yeah, whatever. It's like, no, I want you to go over and I want you to say to them, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And then they have to say back, yes, I forgive you. And then there's hugs, kisses, and no more blood for a couple more hours. Right? That's the way it works. We teach and we admonish. When Ant gets up here or, or, or someone else gets up here and they're teaching us, sometimes they need to correct us. Sometimes they see some things and they're like, no, that's not okay. That is not how we do things around here. That's not honoring to the Lord. And that is part of the discipleship process, right? That's what we do. And then it goes on from there. It says, and I love this, it says, teaching everyone in all wisdom so that, here's the reason, so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. That's the goal. Everyone mature in Christ. Now, the picture of presenting somebody, the picture I have is, is a dad, and he's walking his daughter down the aisle on her wedding day, and he's presenting her to her husband-to-be. Let's make sure that's not for quite a while, girls, by the way. You know, 30 is fine. I, I can go with that, right? But that's what it is. You're presenting. You are proud of your daughter, you have seen her grow into a mature woman who is ready to be off and be married to somebody else. And you present her. That's the picture that Paul's talking about. We present people who have grown in their faith as mature. One day, Paul's thinking, I'm going to present them to the Lord. And I want to present them mature. Now, that's the key word in this whole thing, by the way. That's the key word. Mature. What does it mean? What does it look like for us to be mature? Now, actually, um, the, the commentators, uh, there's, there's several different um, translations of this word. Some people uh, translate it as, your, your version may say perfect. Anybody say perfect? Somebody else's may say complete. And, and the commentators would tell you that perfect is too strong. I think Douglas Moo said this. He's like, perfect is too strong because it makes it sound like you can't make any mistakes. Like you're going to get to the point where you never sin again. Right? And he's saying, I think that's too strong. I think we need to make sure people understand it's not about being absolutely perfect in everything you do. Right? But he, said, but he says mature is too weak because mature sounds like, well, it's just going to happen as I get older. And that's not true either. Right? We all know loads of people who are older who aren't mature, who still act like they're teenagers, right? Who still 
hold grudges, who still don't know how to forgive, who still don't know how to teach anybody, who still just think about themselves. So what does it look like to be a mature Christian if it's not about age? Well, here's what I think. When you think about mature Christians, think about the fruits of the Spirit, right? Somebody who's loving and who's kind, who's generous, who has self-control. Ultimately, I think it's somebody who's learned this lesson, that life's not about me. It's about loving others, right? Jesus said it like this, when you try to hold on to your life is when you lose it. But it's when you try to give away your life, that's when you find find, find it. That's what maturity looks like. A mature Christian is one that listens first and talks later. A mature Christian is somebody who says, I'm confident in Christ. I don't have to, I don't have to prove anything. You know, you're telling stories. Have you, have you been this, doing this before? You're telling stories with somebody, and you tell your story, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, let me tell you my story. You, you know, you caught a fish this big. Man, I've caught a shark. And you're like, mature Christians don't need to do that. There is nothing in them that thinks I need to one-up anybody, right? A mature believer is thinking, how do I encourage, support, believe in, help alongside this younger Christian or this younger person that may not even know Christ? That's what it looks like to be mature in Christ. Does that make sense? You guys with me? And we need mature Christians desperately. The younger Christian that is sitting in this room, the, these younger children and these younger kids, they are desperately, desperately looking for somebody to follow, to look up to. And you know what Apostle Paul said? So you don't need to be as scared of this. He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. There's absolutely nothing wrong with saying to somebody else, as I follow Christ, you see what I'm doing? Do that. I hope and pray that my three kids follow their mom and I's example. That's what I'm hoping for every day. And then it goes on. I love this. Because this sounds, you know, this is a big ask, right? We're going to present people mature in Christ. Then he says, in this I toil. That's a powerful word. Another translation would say labor, right? And I, and I love both those words. In other words, this is not easy. To be a person who helps other people become mature in Christ is not easy. It takes effort. It takes work. It takes hard work, right? It doesn't just happen. You don't just drift into becoming a mature Christian. It takes commitment and sacrifice and your whole heart. Anybody been watching the uh, Winter Olympics? Anybody been watching the Winter Olympics? Man, so there's a girl, we were watching it, McKenna and I were watching the other day, the speed skating. You guys like watching the speed skating? That's brilliant. And there was a girl on there, Elise Christie. You guys seen this? Oh, Elise Christie was a speed skater from Great Britain, still is. And uh, she competed four years ago and fell, so she didn't get a medal. Four years ago, she falls, she doesn't get a medal. Would have been incredibly easy for her to say, that's it, I'm out. Bag it. Well, what did she do? She kept going. 
She kept training. She comes back four years later. A few days ago, she's in the 500 meter. She's going around the track, and someone, some other girl, I'm not going to name names, in case you're from that country, you don't need to feel bad. It's okay. It was an accident. Her skate hit Elise's hand, and she fell. She was on her way to a medal. She was right there for a medal. She fell. Wasn't her fault. Crashed. She, out. she was out. She missed a medal. They said, that's okay. She's going to keep going because she's got two more events. Yesterday, she was in the 1,500 meter. Do you guys see this? Anybody see it? She's going around the track. I'm talking about this. There's about as much track left from me to aunt left. That's about all there is left. She's going around the last bend. She's, she's right next to a girl from China, and they crash. And she's on the ground crying. They pick her back up. They take her to the hospital. She's okay. She's going to still compete, people, for the 1,000 meter. Do you know why? Because she gets this. You don't give up. In this I toil, I labor, I do this whatever it takes. The Apostle Paul is famous for his analogies of races and competition, and that's what he's talking about here. He wants you to think like Elise. You don't give up. The goal is the gold. And you give everything you've got to win the gold, right? That's what you do. That's what Elise is about. And then she says this, struggling, I love it. She uses the word struggling with all his energy that works mightily within me. That's good news. Because we can take this, you could hear me talk today and you could think, this is all on me. And I don't know how to do this, right? You could be feeling the pressure of, I'm supposed to be helping people get mature in Christ. I don't, I'm not mature in Christ. I don't know how to do this. Here's the great news. Paul talks about this in the book of Philippians. He said, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. There's a combination that happens here, right? There's a combination of our willingness, our passion, our get up and keep going, and God's faithfulness and God's Holy Spirit working in us, God's gifting of us, God's power working together. And that's what Apostle Paul is talking about. He says, his power, his energy that works mightily in with me, we struggle, we toil, we keep going because this is worth it. This is the gold. The gold medal for us as Christians is this, that we can present people to Christ mature in Christ. That's the gold medal, right? That's what we're competing for every single day. So let me tell you why you want to do this, okay? Whenever we preach, we want you to understand what you need to do, but now you need to know why. Why do you want to do this? Here's two reasons why. One is when you mature in Christ, okay, when you understand who you are in Christ and you develop your prayer life and you're in the Word, and you're growing, and you're using your gifts, number one, you will find the greatest amount of joy and peace and purpose and motivation and passion you've ever felt in your own life. 
When you figure it out, what you're supposed to be doing and how you're supposed to be doing it, it's like everything clicks into place, and then your life finds purpose, right? That's what it looks like when you're mature. It's like, yes, I'm doing what I'm made to do. I'm using my gifts. I'm excited about this. And, and you guys from the CU who are here, I know this is dear to you, isn't it? A lot of you are thinking, I'm about to finish uni, and I'm not quite sure what I'm doing next, right, Josh? Josh is like, you're looking right at me, and I'm like, I know I am. And I remember those days, thinking, what in the world is coming next, right? And let me just say for you guys, for the rest of us, these guys are looking. You ready? Listen to me. They're looking for somebody to help them figure that out. They would love for any of you to walk alongside them and help them figure out what in the world is next in their life. Don't miss that. They're sitting here every week, grouped up over here with all their buddies. It's great. That's fine. Stay there. You don't need to move around. But don't forget that they're sitting here every week going, I hope somebody in here who's a little bit further down the road might could help me out a little bit. Right? And guess what? We can, and we should, right? Second reason you want to do this, the second reason you want to become mature in Christ is because then you get to participate in what God is doing. You get to be part of his amazing plan. You get to see somebody's life change before your very eyes, right? Don't you want to be a part of that? I mean, we got enough going on out there. I mean, binging on Netflix and playing video games or whatever else it is, playing golf. Enough with that. We can do that every now and then, but our life is not about that. Right? Our life is about giving, sacrificing, serving others because of Jesus. I love that we sang Heart of Worship right before we got up here. It's all about Jesus, right? When you wake up in the morning till you go to bed at night, your life is all about Jesus. He is it. And if you want it to be all about Jesus, then listen to me. Become mature in Christ, and when you do that, help others do the same. Give your life away to somebody else. For you moms and dads out here, right now, guess what? That's what you're doing with your kids, right? Every day, your kids who are here or up in these rooms, man, you're giving your life away for them. You're teaching them how to love, how to be generous, how to pray. You're modeling it. And for those, if you don't have kids or you're wanting to have kids one day or your kids are all grown up, then, man, find somebody else. Get in their life. Walk alongside somebody. When I was... At uni, my dad died, 21, and I got scattered. I didn't know what in the world I was doing. And a guy came along a couple years later, a really cool guy, and he just poured into me. He just started spending time with me. He believed in me, and he gave me a chance to do something I should have never been given a chance to do. He hired me at a church to be a youth minister, 25 years old, no training, no clue what I was doing, and he hired me. And then he discipled me. 
And he poured into me the way Paul poured into Ephesus. And I'm so thankful for that. And it was during that time that I figured out this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to be there for kids the way this guy was there for me. It changed my life. Men and women who are sitting here today, you can do the same thing for somebody else if you want to do it, if you're willing to do it. We need you. The world needs you to be mature in Christ. Him we proclaim, warning everyone, teaching everyone in all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. In this I toil, struggling with all of his energy that works mightily within me. 34 words, mission statement. This is what we are about. This is what we do here at Forest Town Church. Yeah? Let's pray. Thank you, God, for today. Thank you for Paul's word to the Colossians that this is what we are about. Struggling, toiling in your energy, we teach, we correct, we love, we serve so that we may present men and women mature in Christ. We need you, Lord. Keep moving in us. Keep motivating us. Keep reminding us this is what we're about. And I pray, Lord, as we hear this today, that this is what we will be about the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.